teaching so much and as I go back through it it just give me more and more and more and it just helps you to understand where God is coming from and that's just so awesome so we've been talking about the 10 plagues and last week I talked about um, what well what was the reason of all these plagues and the main reason was God wanted them to know that he's the one true and living God isn't that awesome God had to prove himself unto the Egyptians, not only proving himself unto them, he had to prove himself unto his people. So I'm going to go back through what I went over um, last Tuesday because I believe it's more that God want to say in this. So I started with um, Moses, um, God, Moses being God's messenger, but I backed on up to Abraham, but I'm going to back a little further back and I'm going to go to Noah. Because we know when sin came into the world through Adam and Eve, you know, God still had a plan. He had a plan of redemption, but he had to wait until, um, you know, Jesus came in order for us to be saved through him. Because we know that nobody could do it but Jesus. But when he took me back to Noah, y'all knowing that we went through this, but I'm going to go back through it. Noah was a righteous man in the midst of all the evil. God found Noah righteous. And as I thought on that thing, y'all, we have no excuse. Because Noah didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He was around an evil world. He was around an evil world, but he did not partake of what the world was doing. Because, you know, he was righteous before God. He wanted to do what was right. And in order for him to do what was right, he had to be taught what was right. And that's where I want to go. So many Christians are so anxious to deliver a word. They're so anxious to lay hands on the sick. They're so anxious to say, see me, hear me, be attached to me. But one thing that's missing is being taught of the Lord being taught his way of doing things. And the first thing he want us to be taught is we are representatives of him. We reveal his glory. That's why he created us in his image. That's why he said, let's make man after our image, after our likeness, because I want them 
to bring forth me on the earth so people can see my glory. They can see me and not see them. That's why God said, I want to give you dominion because I want you to represent the one and true living God. But in order for you to represent that God, you got to know him for yourself. You got to have be in fellowship with him. You have to have a relationship with him and being in fellowship with him is partaking of what he partakes of. When you get to know all about him, his characteristics, his goodness, his loving kindness, guess what? As a son and as a daughter, when you go out, people are going to see him through you. They don't supposed to see you no more. They supposed to see him. And, and sometimes we want to get out of, um, you know, things that's going on around us. God said, no, I'm going to put you in the midst of it. See, that's where we're missing it. God don't want to take you out of it. God said, I want to leave you in the midst of it so I can be glorified. So people will know that I'm in the midst of this. No matter what's going on, I'm in the midst of this. How many of us, let's just be honest, we don't want to go through nothing. If you never go through, people never know there's a God. They'll never know that it was God that brought you out. You knew you couldn't bring yourself out of that. You knew you didn't have money to pay that bill. You knew that all these things was happening. But see, God knows better than what we know. So this is why he started with his creation, creating things the way he wanted them to be. He put man there to keep his creations in his order, not the way the world would do it, but the way that God has already done it. So when we go back and we look through the Bible, we have to look with the eyes of faith. We have to look according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. We have to look according to revelation, not according to head knowledge. But we have to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal these things unto us so we'll know exactly what God wants. And we need to get our minds off of, you know, if I show forth this, they're going to know I'm saved. Or if I do this, if you just live the life. Your life, according to the word of God, you don't have to put on a performance. And I believe it's too many people performing to say, I want to show them what I can do. Guess what? You haven't died yet because it's not about you. It's all about him. And when you get to know him, you die. You really die. When you come into his presence and get to know God for who he really is, his goodness, when you get to know how good God is, come on, you don't condemn nobody. You just begin to tell them, you know, I used to mess up, still mess up. But thank God for his goodness, his mercy, and his loving kindness. He knew I was going to mess up before I messed up. I'm not looking to mess up, but I know I'm going to fall sometime. So if I fall, I'm going back on who I am in Christ and not who the enemy want me to be. Y'all, it's so good when you don't have to depend on yourself to get right. You depend on him who already made you right, who already made you righteous, who already redeemed you. So it's a already uh, it's something that's already done. So when he was taking me back through it, I'm just sitting there just shaking my head. I'm like, Lord, if we would just take the word for what it is and just hear it and begin to do it, then you will begin to manifest right before our eyes. And we don't have to worry about what people think because when you really um, begin to serve God with your whole heart, you're going to have some enemies. You're going to have family members that's going to come against you because you're walking in the spirit and they're entertaining the flesh. 
So we have to continually be in the word of God so we can live according to the kingdom that we're from. So when you go back and you look at Noah, Noah had an experience with God. Look at Noah. He was righteous in the midst of a fallen world. The Bible says, God even said it himself. He said the world was so evil. It was so corrupt. It was so wicked. Their way of thinking, their way of doing was evil continually. That means the imagination of their heart. It was just wicked. So everything they thought about, they did. So that's just how corrupt it was. But they were thinking it's okay. Look at the fallen world we're living in today. Everything that people are doing, they're saying it's okay. It's no problem that people have to steal. It's no problem people have to murder. It's, you know, they're finding excuses for everything that they do. But we know what's right because we know who we are in Christ. So when we're around that type of stuff, guess what happens? We begin to be grieved. That's because the Holy Spirit in us, he becomes grieved. Because when sin is around us, you can feel that grieving. The Holy Spirit becomes grieved. And then he can become quenched. We can put him out. Meaning that things around us, we're not allowing him to be whom God has sent him to be. Because we are allowing these things in our lives to do think to do to us what God don't want to happen unto us. So what we have to do is stay in the word and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to get through these things that's going on around us. Remember, Jesus said, don't take them out of the world. Why? Because Jesus already been through it. So he knew with the help of the Holy Spirit, y'all, even during this pandemic, he know if we put our trust in him, if we depend on the Holy Spirit, even though it's around us, it's not going to touch us. Because why? Because we're trusting in him. We being obedient to him. We're doing what the word of God tell us to do. Guess what? We are covered. Y'all, God is just so awesome, y'all, because he won't let anything sneak up on you. Me and my husband had an incident. He had someone that normally helps him. And someone had called. And um, he called and asked him, could he help him again? So before my husband could answer, someone had texted my husband and said, um, he can't help you because we're in quarantine. But the person that was in quarantine didn't even know what was going on. And they didn't want to alarm them to let them know what was going on because that would have put them in a place, you know. So this is what I'm saying. Look how God lets you know, even when you don't even have to ask. God watches over his word to do what? To perform it in our lives. He watches over us. He'll let us know, don't go in the midst of that. No, don't do this, don't do that. Or he'll have us to call someone and say, God is saying, you don't need to go there today. And sometimes we don't, may not understand until it's all over with. He want to know if we're going to trust him in what's going on. So this is why Noah, even in the midst of all of this sin, he put his trust in God. He put his trust in God, and by him putting his trust in God, he didn't only save Noah, but he saved his whole household. Noah even told them what was going to happen. Guess what? They wouldn't believe what Noah was saying, so they died in that mess. And this is what I love about this so much, y'all. God always have a remnant. He always have someone somewhere, even in the midst of people cutting up, doing what they're not supposed to, God will send someone to forewarn them. That's just how much he loved them 
because he want everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He will tell somebody before they commit murder, don't you kill that person. He's, he, he does that because that's a love that he has for his people. We belong to God, y'all. Everybody belong to God, but what happened? Sin separated us from God, but Jesus paid the price for sin. Guess what? He paid the price to sin so we can come back to our heavenly father. God created us. He created everybody. Because he is Elohim. So guess what? He gives life. If he give it, why would he want to take it? Anybody? God is about life. If he give life, why would he want to take life? God does not take, he give. Remember that. God is, is a God of life. So this is why he was willing to save them, but they did not want to hear what God had to say. So God had to allow them to die in their mess. God always have somebody out here, y'all, to show us what need to be seen. And the most important thing is, remember when he said, I'm going to give you dominion, but I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Why did he want us to be fruitful and multiply? He didn't just want us to lay there and have, just have babies just to be having them. No, he said, I want to replenish. I want to subdue the earth with me. That's what it was about. It was about putting him all over the earth. Letting everybody know that he is the one and true living God. Raising up our children in the right way, according to God's way of doing, not according to the world's way. Y'all, this is why people are so tore up. I'm going to tell you why they're so tore up. Because they really don't know Christ. Christ don't divide color. He don't, he's not about division. He made all of us. Some may have been lighter, some may have been darker, but he made all of us. He didn't say this race is better or this race is better. That's not who God is. But the separation came in when people were trying to do their own thing. It come in through sin. And this is why when we go up here and we look at Noah, we look at Abraham and how God chose these men. But these men had to be obedient to God. Both of them messed up. Guess what? They messed up, but it didn't change what God wanted to do in their lives, did it? Because God knew where he was taking them, but they had to be obedient to go where God was carrying them. So we looked at um, Abraham, but I looked back at Noah and I said, God, I applaud Noah because Noah had some stuff going on. And he had to build an ark and he wasn't a builder, but he trusted God enough to build that ark. And God gave him the plan. So, you know, if he's going to give you the plans, he's going to give you the anointing. He's going to smear himself all over you to use your hands and use everything to perform, to do what he have called you to do. So I want to encourage everybody in this room, quit looking at everybody else. Whatever God has called you to do, he's going to give you the anointing. He's going to give you the ability. He's going to give you the know-how. Quit trying to snatch something that somebody else have that don't belong to you. Because he give all of us abilities. He gave one five. He gave one two. He gave one one. He gave them those abilities according to what he knew that they could do. So quit trying to snatch something from somebody because you see them operating well in that. That's because... It's the anointing that's upon them that they're able to carry it out. So we know Abraham. It started with going back to Abraham. He told Abraham how he was going to bless him, how he was going to make a nation out of him in Genesis 12, right? 
when he, if y'all notice this, and the reason why I'm going back, let me back up to Noah because the Holy Spirit is reminding me. Remember when he told Noah to build the ark, right? Okay, Noah had to have a relationship with God. He had to get to know God for himself. Now God is going to manifest himself unto Noah. How did he manifest himself unto Noah? He gave him some abilities. He showed him how to build an ark, a big ark. He showed him how to do that. So what was God doing? He was manifesting his glory. He gave this man some plans, y'all. Come on, think about it. Manny, if God gave you some plans and say, Manny, I want you to build this ark in Leland. Manny would have to say, God, is that you? Do I tell my wife what you want me to do? But see, he would be obedient because he knows God. Julia might think he's crazy. He might call his sister Quan and say, your brother over here tripping. He talking about building the ark. I don't know what he building the ark for. We already got a house. I ain't going in no ark. But God spoke to Manny. So Manny, every day, he's going to be obedient to God. And as he's listening to God and he began to do what God is telling him to do, Julia look out the door and there go an ark. And she'll be like, how did you do this? So not only did he manifest himself to Manny, he manifested himself to Julia. And Julia said, you ain't leaving me behind. <laughs> See what I'm saying? See, y'all got to understand what God is doing here. If you don't understand what God is doing, you will miss God. Sometimes in your household, your husband might not understand what you're doing. The wife might not understand what the husband is doing. But that shouldn't stop you from doing what God called you to do. Joseph didn't understand Mary, but God laid Joseph down and connected her with Mary so he can be a part of Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. God don't leave nobody out, but we have a choice whether or not we want to be left out or not. So what I'm saying is if we understand how God is and how he worked by coming to know God, people will begin to see God manifest through us. Why? Because we already experienced God. God is not going to send you out without experiencing him for yourself. And that's where I'm going again tonight. If I don't know God for myself, why am I up here trying to tell you about a God I don't know? That's foolishness. I'm up here in the flesh, which I'm not, but I'm just saying, I'll be up here in the flesh trying to tell you about the Lord or God, and I don't know him. I haven't experienced him. I'm just going on what somebody said. But if I have spent time with him and God has begun to manifest himself due to me being obedient to him, guess what? When I stand up here, I can tell you about Jehovah Rapha because he did heal me. I can tell you about Jehovah Jireh because he has provided for me. I can tell you about Jehovah Shalom because he is my peace and he has been my peace. I can tell you about Jehovah, um, what is it, Roy, my shepherd. Y'all, if when you get to know him you can begin to talk about him freely because you already experienced who he is so God ain't going to send me out without me having that experience because I was one the crowd and say God why I got to go through this God I ain't done nobody wrong God said I'm going to take you through it and when I take you through it you're going to know it was me that took you and you didn't take yourself so God will let us experience him in a way We have never experienced him, so that way we can manifest him even the more. We want to manifest him even the more. God wants to be manifested. He wants to be glorified through us. And the only way he can do it is by you spending time with him, 
Knowing him for who he is, Noah spent time with him. God manifests himself through the ark. God manifests himself through destroying the world like he said he was going to do. And then when that ark rested, God told Noah what to do and how to do it. And then he gave a covenant to Noah. Look at what the covenant was. So what was he doing? He was manifesting himself, not only to Noah, but to the people that was with Noah. Because I believe those people thought he was cuckoo too. But they just went in that ark with him. Some of y'all probably thought I was cuckoo many times. So God had to manifest himself to let you know she ain't cuckoo. She know what she's talking about. Jennifer, my husband, they probably thought I was cuckoo over their own little house on the prairie. I remember I told them, I said, I'm going to put a bathroom and a foyer out here in the front. Both of them told me, both of them, hey, I don't know how you're going to get that out there. I said, I ain't going to do nothing. God said it's going to go out front, and that's what's going to happen. Now, this is the funny part. Let me tell you how the enemy jumps in this, y'all. The man that was doing the work, this is funny. My husband told him what we wanted. This is the funny part. <laughs> we didn't have the money to pay it. Remember? It was over what? Over $3,000, right? But I said, okay, I still want it because I know what God is saying. Y'all ain't going to believe this. When that man finished, did he get his money? He got every bit of it. Did you and Jennifer see a bathroom in the foyer? Yes, you did. So what did God do? So by him manifesting himself, what would it make them two want to do? What did he want them to do? Serve him the more. Spend time with the same God that manifested himself through what he said he was going to do. And the only thing I did was I listened and I did what he told me to do. And they saw the manifestation. And when I saw the manifestation as well, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I wasn't excited because God already showed it to me. He just told me to act on it. So even this church... When God was telling us about this church and we went through everything we had to go through, when people were coming up here and excited, I already saw what God wanted. So it wasn't that I wasn't excited. It was just like God did what he said. Thank you, Jesus. So this is why I'm saying God wants you to know him through experience for yourself before you get out there and tell people, you know, God is a healer. Well, did he heal you? Have you experienced this healing? Now, there may be times that you haven't, but you can say, even though I haven't been touched by God, he's still what he say he is. But when you have something behind what you're saying and you begin to talk on what you went through and how God took you through it. And then it, it, it gives people encouragement to know if that if you're if that's the God that healed you, he can heal me. So this is why you have to know him for itself. Abraham, did he not get to know God for himself? When God spoke to Abraham, Abraham was obedient according to what God said. Guess what? God manifests himself to Abraham. God will do the same thing for us. But they had to get to know him for themselves. As they got to know them, him for themselves, God began to manifest himself to others to let them know I am God. So then we get to Moses. Y'all know with Moses, God took me back through Moses. I was looking at Moses and remember in the beginning, the Egyptians, you know, 
um, Joseph, when he was living, you know, he had a right to say and do. So they put them in Goshen. But then when Joseph died, when, when Pharaoh died, and there was another Pharaoh that came in on the scene, he looked and he said, these people are outgrowing us. These people are multiplying. If they get too far out there, they're going to end up killing us. They're going to end up joining with everybody else, and they're going to kill us. But guess what God said? He said they were going to multiply, right? So they worked them harder. The harder they worked them, the more they multiplied. Who do that? They ain't have nothing to do there. <laughs> Get beat and then go in with the woman. Get beat, then go in with the woman. Who does that? Hmm. Anyway, they multiplied. They got mad because they were multiplying, but did not God say they were going to multiply? I don't care what you do to them. They still going to multiply. I'm going to give them strength because I'm going to smear my anointing all over. No matter how you beat them on the back, I'm going to send them in with them women and they still go. Who in the world does that? Because that woman should say, get out of here. <laughs> God gave them the ability. Why? Because he already spoke his word. He told Abraham, they're going to go into bondage. Y'all catch this. For 400 and some years. He said, but I'm going to bring them out. Did he not tell them? So they went into bondage. So sometimes you might feel like you're in bondage. In a marriage, on a job. But God said, I'm going to bring you out. Now catch this. Now, bringing you out may not mean bringing you out that marriage. <laughs> it might be bringing you through so you can stay. Don't even try it. <laughs> Somebody listening right now and packing their bags and say, God said it. I heard him. I'm leaving you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> God is preparing you in that place that you're in to help somebody else. So don't just be so quick to pack your bags and say, I'm leaving this rascal. It reminds me, we had a, a young lady in Little House on the Perry. She was so hurt, y'all, dealing with her husband. And, and God really, you know, manifested himself to her. So she got up one um, Tuesday night, I believe, or Thursday night, and she said, she started talking about her husband. She said, I'm so tired of that rascal. I said, whoa. She's bringing everything up from deep, deep within, but I don't think she's with the rascal no more. But anyway, what I'm saying is some people have a problem with trusting man more than they trust God. Whomever you give your heart to, that's whom you're going to serve. Whomever you give your heart to, that's whom you're going to serve, even though that God is there. You done gave your heart to a man and you done gave your heart to a woman. So if they hurt you, if they say one little thing, y'all, it can be just so easy. They can tell you, you want a piece of gum? Now you're trying to send me breath stink. They just ask you for a piece of gum. That just hurted you to your heart because you thought they would never tell you your breath stink. Come on, let's be honest. When you give somebody your heart, you giving them all of you. So if they hurt you in any kind of way, you are really hurt. And you cannot believe that they did that. And that's why when we turn our whole heart over to God, really, we don't look to nobody else. We always look to him and we go to him in the midst of our hurt. So this is what they did. They got to know God. Y'all read the Bible. Every time Abraham had an issue, where did Abraham go? He built an altar. He was right there talking to God. They had talks with God. 
When they was going through, they checked in with God. They got to know God through their experiences, through the things that they were going through. They trusted God. Moses, getting back to Moses. So we see that Pharaoh wanted to get rid of all the boys. He told the midwives, kill every son that they have. Let their daughters, you know, be kept alive. But the midwives would not do that. And by them not doing it, guess what the Bible said? The Bible said that God blessed the midwives to have families. Because they did not take away a family. They did what God told them to do. So they began to multiply. He worked them even harder, y'all. But Moses, his mother kept him as long as she can keep him, hide him. And then she, you know, he was on the river. He went to Pharaoh's daughter. Y'all know what happened to Moses. But look what God was doing. He was raised up with the Hebrews. He was taught the way of God. He was protecting his people even though he was in the house of Pharaoh. Y'all look, God put him in the house of Pharaoh. Why did he put him in the house of Pharaoh? Because he was setting him up to be a deliverer. He was setting him up to bring God's people out. See, he put him in a place. He didn't take him out of that place until it was time. Moses ran for his life. And look, Moses ended up being a deliverer for the people. But guess what God had to do? He had to get Moses ready. This is what we miss. Some of us get so happy when somebody prophesy a prophet lie to us. We think that everybody that give us a word is a prophet. Everybody that give you a word is not no prophet. You better know the difference. Half the people that's giving you a word is operating under the familiar spirit. And they're telling you what you want to hear. I have heard so many lies, y'all, to make me feel good. And then after that feeling was gone, it was gone. And I had to really seek God after then. So don't let people come into town and fool you and live off of a feeling because that don't last. When you live off of the word of God, guess what? It's from everlasting to everlasting to everlasting. It's not going to change. So we see God prepared who? He prepared Moses. Moses had to get to know God. God saw some imperfections in Moses. Those imperfections was coming up each time God would ask Moses to do something. Do you see any imperfections in you? Because the spirit is going to show you what's in you, what's going to block you from doing what God is going to send you to do. So before we try to push our way out there in the midst of people, God's going to deal with us first. He's going to show us what's holding us, what's keeping us from doing what God would have us to do. So he dealt with Moses, did he not? After he got Moses right, guess what? He said, I'm going to send you to the people. He said, and I want you to let the people know I am. I am that I am. Why did God say that? He said, because I am the only true and living God. They know all of these other gods that was in Egypt, but I want you to address me as I am. I am Jehovah, the self-existing God. There is no other God but me. Moses said, when I go to these people, what if they don't believe me? This is the part I'm getting to. When you started out, we needed some help to believe God. It's not, I don't believe it's a person in this room that cannot say, you want to see it before you believed it. Is there anybody? I know I'm not the only one. God knew I needed a little bit of help. I heard about God. I grew up in a house that talked about God. That, you know, I saw miracles and things happen. But now it's on me. So now, God, I hear what you're saying, but show me. See, I was like Gideon. Gideon wanted to see, did he not? He wanted to know, well, God, if, if this is true, God did it. And then he turned around and did something else. So God have to prepare us, y'all, 
Even though we're saved, God will give us an experience with him to, so we'll know that he is the only one in true God. How about when you may have gotten a bad doctor's report and all of a sudden God sends somebody to you and say, no, uh, uh, this is what man say, but this is what I say. And then when you go back in, they say, you know what? That, that we saw, we don't see it no more. Thank you, Jesus. I know he's God. See how God manifests himself? See, you starting out, so God is manifesting himself. That's what he had to do for his people, the Israelites. Even though they were raised and they were told about God, even though their parents told them, guess what? They had to see and know for themselves. That's what God was doing with Moses. He said, Moses, I'm going to give you these signs. If this sign don't work, if that sign don't work, you do this sign. So he was preparing Moses for the people. When Moses went to the people, guess what happened? He did everything that God said. Now they're saying, he's God. Why do we have to have all of that? To really know that he's God. Because God know that we really don't know him. The way we need to know him. But when we spend time with him and really get to know him, nobody will be able to change our minds. So this is what I'm going to do tonight. Um, I told y'all my experiences, how I got to know God, and I'm going to let maybe two come up here tonight and share your experience of how you got to know that he was really, he's really God. Now we don't want to draw it out. (laughs) We don't want to do that, but we want you just to come up and tell, you know, how you got to know that he was the one and true and living God. And I'm going to leave you with this. When we left out of, um, little house on the prairie. And we come up in here. I never forget this. Somebody had come to me and they said, came to me and said, why are we not experiencing the same thing that we experienced in Little House on the Perry? People in Little House on the Perry, they were falling out. We had all these experiences. We're not having them now. You know what my answer was? Because as you grow in him, you don't look for those things no more to know that he's God. If nobody never fall out, that don't mean he's not who he say he is. See, people were looking for things in order to say God is here. You bring him in here. If God don't never do another thing, he's still here. Because he said he'll never leave you or forsake you. But if you went over there and you got trained and you got delivered from some things, what else do you want? Now it's time for you to teach others. It ain't time for you to stay in here and want somebody to lay hands and you fall out all the time and you be shaking all the time. Then you get up and you ain't getting in your word. Come on. That's why you got to have your experiences for yourself. And then you ain't looking for something to say God is real. You know he's real if you never see nothing. If you never see a bit of gold dust. People living off of gold dust now. People following gold dust. I saw gold dust. That means God's here. Ignorant going to see. God is in you. You don't need to see no gold. And you don't need to try to follow gold dust and say that's where God is, where the gold dust is. No. So who want to start with an experience? We have two people. Yeah. Do we have any two people want to come up? And say how you experienced God and got to know him for yourself. You don't want to come up? 
You can, but they need to see you on the camera. There's nothing wrong with you. Happy birthday to Shirley Jordan on tonight. Okay. You can sit there and talk. That's fine. You go right ahead. First of all, I just give God the glory because I know that some years ago when I accepted him as Lord, my thoughts changed. My mindset changed. Did the enemy bring thoughts back to me? Yes, he did. But I realized that going in the word and renewing your thoughts, renewing your mind is what makes a difference and what brings on the change. But things that I used to want to do, I had no desire to do it anymore. Those desires left me. I didn't want to live like I used to live. And I can truly say that I have experienced the supernatural powers in that I was in a church one night and his power was so strong on me until I, I could not control myself. I, I felt like a feather. I felt so light. I felt like I could just fly away. And when I began to, to fall Somebody caught me, and when they caught me, uh, put me on the floor, it left. Once they put their hands on me, it left. I'm a believer that if he is in control and you're in the spirit, he's not going to let you get hurt. Mm -hmm. You can fall, but you're not going to get hurt. He's not going to let you get hurt, you know. And that was an experience and at that point, I knew my God was true and a living God. I had never encountered anything like that before in my life. And to experience his spirit, you know, when we listen, he's always talking, but we're not always listening. And sometimes we can question and say, well, God, is that you? Or is it just me, you know? Sometimes I can get to that point. But you know what? He want us to know his voice. He want us to know when it's him talking and when it's the word, it is him. He don't go outside of his word. And so I'm, I'm just truly grateful to know that a relationship with him, the way that we have a relationship with him is by getting in his word. And the more you get into his word, it becomes more real and more real. But you have to get into it. And sometimes when you get into it and you're checking scriptures with, against scriptures and, you know, the witness, each scripture, it gets so interesting until it's hard to come out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, during my devotion time, I, I get up and uh, sometimes it's 12, 30, 1 o'clock before I get downstairs because I spend time with him. Mm -hmm. And it gets better all the time. And the devil brain thoughts to you. Well, you know you got to take these puppy out you know you, you gotta do this you gotta do that you know and but you know he want us to put him first mm -hmm. and sometimes when I find myself drifting doing things I shouldn't do first I feel so convicted I said Lord forgive me I did something mm -hmm. wrong you know mm -hmm. I feel like I, I'm he lets you know him first Amen. but I just wanted to share that I'm not going to talk a long time but I know that God is real and there is one true and living God and amen. that is Jehovah amen and I know that. amen
Is there anybody else with an experience they want to share right quick? I know y'all had some experiences now. Okay, you don't want to share. Come on, Gloria. And then I'll let Kathy say what she has to say and we'll close. I want to um, tell y'all how I experienced and got to know God. Um, raised in a home and not taught about God. So when I got saved, I really didn't even know what I had did. They had to explain to me, you know, what I did. But um, before that night, I used to, um, before that night, I got saved on a Tuesday night. And I would always, like, walk the floor and um, pull my hair and cry out and scream. And I suffered from um, insomnia. And that's where you can't sleep at night. So I wouldn't normally be up walking the floor, you know, pulling my hair. And I really didn't have a lot of edges because, you know, I pulled them out because I was, like, being um, tormented in my mind. And like I was telling y'all Sunday, I would be so paranoid to sometimes I would look at my husband and he would be sitting there, but he wouldn't look like himself he would look like something else and sometimes the voices would say like cut him or either um put something in his food and then it was even the voices would used to tell me say well you know kill your husband kill your son and then kill yourself and so I was really being like tormented and it was a lot of other stuff going on but when I got saved that night, for some reason, I went to sleep right after I got home. And when I woke up, I didn't hear no voices talking to me. I didn't, I wasn't spitting, I wasn't cussing, because every morning when I did go to sleep and wake up, I woke up cussing, fussing, spitting, turning stuff over. And so I learned, like, maybe a couple of weeks after that, that what he had did, that he came in and he healed me miraculously. And I learned for myself that, you know, he was a healer because I thought that I was going to die that way. Every morning I woke up to die, I wanted to die because my life was so bad. I didn't ever know that you could live without, you know, hearing and seeing stuff and just being crazy, but God did it. I learned for myself he was a healer, and then after that, I began to sit down and get in my word and go to the scriptures and see where he had, you know, healed people instantaneously, like the man in Mark 5 that was possessed with the 2,000 demons. So I know that no matter what it is, Jehovah Jireh, is it Jehovah Rapha? Yeah, Jehovah Rapha. Our healer, Jehovah Jireh, is the provider. But anyway, he did it. And Gloria, and what do you do for your profession? Work? I work with um, people that got all kind of um, psychotic disorders who well, struggle with suicide Is and that stuff. a setup? Or what? You can put another one up there and hand it to Kathy. Look at God, y'all. So she can help somebody else through what she's been through. Isn't that awesome? 
Amen. The reason why I want to share this, I wasn't going to share it because I didn't want to take up a lot of time, but um, it's not about me. And so I had to remember that, you know, because God showed me things, tell me things, and I keep a lot of things to myself. Uh, but when I came, before I came tonight, I knew that the Lord was going to confirm what he said today through you, and he did. So I was excited all day long. And um, I'm always excited, you know, when you spend time with the Lord, you know, like you were talking about and how God always um, manifests himself to you. And and it's important to me that, like you were talking about, that I don't get into a ritual and that I'm able to hear God and go which way he go. When you spend your time in uh, um, fellowship and everything, you don't want it to come in ritual. You don't want to just get in a routine or think I'm going to pray this way. I'm going to read this. Because, um, uh, I, I, you know, I always, you know, I sat before the Lord um, today like I, I normally do, but I didn't want to just, you know, try to pray. You know, I want to pray in the spirit, you know, whatever the Lord wants me to do. And I sometimes, you know, like we say, we you know we just sit there before the Lord. And sometimes you might not even be praying, you're just waiting on him um, for his, the Holy Ghost to just, Pray through us is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Because I need the Lord. He, he's all I need. <laughs> he's all I need. I don't want anything else. You know, we're talking about the, the I am. But anyway, I'm going to try to make this fast. <laughs> I'm going to try to make it fast. But um, I was sitting there and I just started, you know, we sit before the Lord. I just started, you mentioned this too, confessing my own faults. Because I, I know that I'm before a holy God. So I start confessing, and God starts showing me myself, and then I try not to push things off that the Lord showed me. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in the light, you love the truth, mm-hmm. even if it's you, because mm-hmm. you want to be right. That's right. And so um, I love, and so I admit it, you know. God showed me, you know, how I'm wrong sometimes with my husband and how um, you harbor unforgiveness. And it's all about what Jesus done on the cross at the beginning of the day and at the end. Can't forget Calvary. And people want to call that elementary, but you always got to remember what That's the right. cross is all about. That's right. And so anyway, I'm going to try to hurry up. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so um did all that. And then after a while, I just started praying, you know, because the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. And I prayed through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit started having me intercede for everybody, which he does a lot. Sometimes you just pray collectively because, you know, you get the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You don't feel like calling all those names because it's just a lot of names, people in the church, people in your family. But sometimes God say, or your neighbors, people you meet, you know, it's just a lot of names. And so, but today the Holy Spirit had me calling people's names. So I call my family's names, my in-laws' names, and Sister Shirley's name and her husband, Sheikah, and everybody in the church. And then I, and the apostle, of course, and her fan, brother, just, and then I laid my head back just you were tired, praying. Didn't you? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't really tired. I'm glad you <laughs> So um, then he, God said, Yahweh. That's what I'm getting to. He put his name in there. He said, Yahweh. <laughs> he said, okay. I said, okay, God. Why are you saying Yahweh? He said, that is my, I am that I am. Mm -hmm. He said, Yahweh is my name. Mm -hmm. 
And Yahweh is there, I am that I am, is everything that we need. That's right. So that as I was praying for everybody, he said, I'm Yahweh. My name is Yahweh. I am that I am. He said, I'm the self-existing one. And he began to tell Elohim, I'm the one, the creator of everything and teaching in line with everything you talked about tonight. And what you've been talking about, he said, I'm El Elyon. I'm the most high God, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he, and he was saying how he wasn't even, he wasn't, uh, he didn't come to be with effort and with no help. Because he's self-existing. Right. So everything that we need is who he is. You know, all his names, Jehovah Jireh. Then he took me in Genesis, you know, because I sat there and started studying on, on him, where he told Abraham to sacrifice his son. And, you know, he went through all that story. And then he said that I, he said, I'm Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Amen. So he let me know that everything we need, he has already That's provided. Right. And then all his other names, Elo, um, uh, uh, Jehovah Rapha, I'm the Lord that God that healeth thee. Everything that we need so that I am that I am. Mm-hmm. My name is I am that I am. My name is Yahweh. And um, I was just so full. He took me to, um, the, oh yeah, I can't forget this. I took me to uh, Exodus because I always ask for confirmation. Chapter 3 and you know that's where he gave me all everything. He said, God, what are you saying? I said, because I don't want to go before you. I don't want to go behind you. I don't want to get so excited and overzealous. You know mm-hmm. how you talk about the Lord gave you something. You just pop up and you just want. So um, <laughs> I didn't want to do that because I said, God, I just need you. I want to hear you. I want all, and I started calling you and said, Pastor, what? help me out, you know, because, you know. But, you know, but God, know, you know, sometimes he doesn't know you sit right That's here. Right. And let me continue to minister to you. And my husband probably heard me in there. I done went in my praise and worship. I done made up a song about Yahweh. And um, it, the Holy Ghost gave me a song. It was a beautiful song. And um, connected to songs that know. It was just wonderful. But God said, I am. That I am. That is my name. As Amen. I was calling out your name, he said Yahweh. Amen. Amen. So that means that he everything you need. That's and I thank right. God because he, he confirmed it through his word. He took me through all of that in Exodus 3 and then gave me some other, you know, leading each other scriptures. And then when I came in here, you talked about it and you said, now this is the point I'm trying to get to when you got to I am that I am. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned, you mentioned Yahweh. Mm-hmm. God is good. All the time. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that. I wanted to be obedient because um, I was so excited. And the presence of the Lord was upon me as I was walking back and forth. I know my husband, like, he be trying to do no, stuff. No, he probably was praising God because he was in that room. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give her another? We have to keep changing out these things, y'all. That's okay. But I want to say it wasn't only for me, but it was for everybody. Because as I was saying your names, he said his name. Amen. Amen. You know, when God is something for you, you have to, you have to tell it. And um, I've been going through, my, in, going through in my body this year. And, you know, I keep going, but I've been through things with my back. I've gotten to where uh, I couldn't hardly go. I couldn't turn over in the bed. I couldn't get out of the bed by myself. And uh, when I get up, I couldn't hardly walk. And I was like that for probably a week and a half. 
and different ones was asking me, and my husband was telling me, go to the emergency room. They'll give you something to knock that pain out. I said, no, I'm not going. I remember when I was having problems with my knee. I would go in the mall, and it would just come on me. I would, and she was with me one time. I almost fell. Lady came running up to me. You need some help? I said, No, I'm fine. But I like to fail. It would just catch me, and I would go down. And um, so I was home one day, and it did that. And and Butch walked me to the bathroom, and I sit down, and I prayed. I said, Lord, when I leave out of here, I don't want to feel this pain no more. I'm believing that it's gone. And as I sit there. I felt something pop in my knee. And when I got up, not even realizing it, I walked out the bathroom. I haven't had any pain since. I haven't fallen since. And I know God is a good God. He's real. And I had to say that because I know that it happened and he's real. I didn't go to the emergency room for my back. I got up one morning. My back was fine. But you say, you're not limping like you were. I say, I'm, you know, the pain is gone. I said, Lord, I thank you for that because it hurt it so bad. It hurt it. I can't even explain how bad it hurt. I had to take the sheet and pull it to turn myself over. And Butch had to help me out, you know, but I had to mostly do it by myself because I couldn't stand for him to pull me because it hurt it more. So I had to do most of it by myself. And, uh, you know, God is just so good. And when he do something for you, you have to tell it. You have to tell it. But he's, he's just a good God, and there's been things spoken over me um, that would really have people in a turmoil. But you know what? I say, God, I know you real. Amen. And I know what your word said in Isaiah 53, 5. You were wounded for my transgression, and you were bruised for my iniquities, and the chastisement of my peace was upon you, and by your stripes I'm already healed. So when the enemy bring that back to me, what the doctor told me, I repeat God's word. I said, That's this right. is what you told me. That's right. And I said, you told me it was finished. It's already done in Jesus' name. And you're not a God. You're not like man that you shall lie. Neither the son of man that you shall repent. Have you not said it? Have you not spoken it? And shall you not make it good? That's what your word said. Amen. So I repeat his word back to him. And you know, the enemy bring things back to me. What the doctor told me, I said, devil, you a liar. The doctor told me to go get you an MRI. You need an MRI. To this day, I haven't gone yet. I'm trusting him by faith. I ask the Lord every day, help me to walk in faith and not in fear. And the only way we can do that is stay in his word. If we don't stay in his word, we are going to mess up. Uh And when we stay in his word, the devil still whispering stuff in our ear. So we have to have that relationship each and every day. And I just had to share that because God is good. And when he do something for you, you have to tell it. Amen. Amen. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Kathy, need the mic again. She is going to change it out for you, Kathy. Yeah, she got one. I just want to sing just a little bit because the Holy Spirit brought to my t- brought it back to my remembrance. Uh, but it just says, Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. 
be with you until the end. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. It's more, but I have to cut it off. <laughs> and who wouldn't want to spend time with a God like that? Why do people want to miss all that and get involved with everything else? Amen. Amen. That's the short version. <laughs> yeah, when I look back over my life. Um, can you close us out? I'm going to let my husband close us out tonight. You can do it from there. It's okay. It's okay, Kathy. Before you turn that camera off, Kim, those that are watching, that are going through in your body, we command healing right now in Jesus' name. We say rise up off of your bed of affliction. You are the healed of the Lord, not going to be. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My three girls back there in the back. Y'all know who I'm talking to. Come on up here. <laughs> 